first guest is the award-winning filmmaker behind Lost Boy, which explores the life of a volatile young bartender who shows up to work with a fresh black eye and is challenged by his boss to drop his macho persona, which took out the best short film at this year's St Kilda Film Festival. Please welcome to Film Festival Guide, Peter Skinner. Oh, thank you for having me. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got the filmmaking bug? Yeah, sure. I didn't get straight into filmmaking. I went through an alternative route. When I left high school, I wanted to become a sculptor. So I went to art school for a while. And I guess over the four years of that, I, I kind of knew I always loved cinema, but I never really thought I could do it as a, as a career. But for some reason, I thought I could be a sculptor, which is, I guess, harder. Um, but I eventually got into filmmaking through academics and writing and film theory and I uh, ended up wanting to be a screenwriter, then I wanted to be a director, and then I, over 10 years of filmmaking and, and working in the industry, I'm now at the point where I guess I can call myself a filmmaker. I mean, you're definitely now a filmmaker and also an award-winning filmmaker because Lost Boy just took out the best film at St Kilda Film Festival. Can you tell us about that experience and also creating Lost Boy as well? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, oh, it's such a, a long process, but I, uh, definitely a passion for a project. I did it during my master's at Afters. I came in wanting to make a film, not necessarily knowing what film it would be, but I kind of always, even through my sculptural work until now, always found that I'm around the idea of masculine identity and about relationship identity and who we are as people and who we are as people uh, in a relationship. And making that film and afters, I had a great team around me and that film kind of came out kind of exactly how I wanted it to, but at the same time, completely different. Um, I, I knew what I wanted it to feel like and I think it feels like that, um, even though if the process of writing it and making it um, and editing it altered a little bit. Um, but yeah, making that film and then leaving afters in 2019 and obviously having the COVID year, I kind of feel like I was treading through thick, thick mud, not getting anywhere. And then eventually after getting denied from so many film festivals, you kind of break into a couple of them and then it kind of snowballs a bit. And actually St Kilda winning that award was my last film festival on my uh, my film festival uh, plan. So I guess it ended with a bang and it forces me into the next one in like a very happy, optimistic state, I would say. Wow, way to go out with a bang. Just take out the competition and win best film at your last festival. Look at you. You did, I, I mean, I met you through Afters. You were one of the first AD tutors, which is super amazing that Taylor and Strain, a, a good friend of both of ours, brought in. Mm. I wanted to ask you, for people who may not know, what is a first AD? Ah, oh, I think I explained to you guys is if, if everyone on set is yelling what, what they want from their department, a first AD is someone who quiets the noise and gets everything done in an appropriate manner. Um, while at the same time, I guess they're in charge of, you know, the, the producer's representative on set, but then at the same time, they're there to maintain and, and find the director's vision in a logical and, and time restraints and money restraints kind of way. Um, but I guess in, in that respect, it's someone who's just shepherding the project on set while the producer will be shepherding it off set. Um, I would say is something like that, maybe. And as working as a first AD, is how did that contribute to your evolution as a director? I think it's amazing. I think if you can find a job on set that allows you to be on set, and especially someone like a first or a uh, script continuity or someone like that, it can actually really be involved in the planning, the... Um, the shot listing and the story. I think when you're in one of those roles, you can kind of be on set and watch other people do it. And as a director, I can stand back and watch how people tell stories, how they use their screen language, how they can try things. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of somewhat emotionally invested, but more so I'm there for you know, the, the job. But I can also stand back and watch, oh, what would I do? How would I do that? And at the end of the day, I leave set every day, not making my own film, but contributing to someone else's film, but also learning a lot because I get to see films being made in front of me. Uh, that's super amazing. I wanted to ask you, reading your bio, it, um, it says you're a director, producer, writer. 
Uh, I feel like this may be asking about which one is your favorite children, but which is which is your favorite role to do on set? I think I think they yeah they definitely split up. Like I'm also I also edit my own films, so I, I'm kind of maybe came from my sculptural days of being like a one man show. But I definitely love having other creatives around me. But I think you do the writing well, and if the writing's done well, you cast well. So if you're writing well as a writer, you get a the producer on board. If I'm producing myself and find my actors, and then most of the work's done. Then all I do is get to you know go through rehearsals as a director with the actors, and then once I'm on set, obviously the directing is the fun part on set because I can just try things and we can we can explore ideas and we can find things I didn't even think would come up. And then in the edit after, I get to kind of play with it and put things together and and, and see how it all comes out. But I, I guess if I wasn't the director, I'd probably be none of those things. I think I've always aimed to want to be the director, so I think they kind of shepherd me through all of those processes. Uh, because you you know you say you do all this sort of stuff, you direct, you produce, you write, you edit is how do you how do you still have that deep sense of collaboration because you know sometimes the film industry can seem itself very insular yeah i think um i think i'm definitely a i don't want to use the word auteur because i don't think i am because i think auteur is a collaboration of a bunch of people and but i think yeah i think you need someone who has the vision and then bring it through multiple people like i work with amazing dops i've I've worked with a lot of script editors my partner is my script editor she's amazing and Callum, the guy that shot Lost Boys from Arthur, he's an amazing collaborator. And I think you're kind of stupid in this industry to block other amazing creatives out because as a director, I just, you know, stand around, think what I think is the best idea, float it to my collaborators. They give me better ideas and then we kind of mold that together. Where I feel like if you were to do it yourself, you're kind of only limiting yourself to what you think is the best idea rather than being surprised or amazed at what someone else can can give you. So I, I would say casting your cast is important, but also crewing your crew is as important as casting. I love that. I think that's super amazing. I wanted to ask you about, you know, Lost Boy and going into festivals as this is a show about film festivals. In doing St Kilda Film Festival, as you said, you know, we've had a year that's ravaged by COVID. How did you feel like in terms of delivering to St Kilda an online delivery you know, a online delivery festival? And then how do you feel like as a director, do you think the positives are for your film in that sort of model of, of online festivals, if you will? Yeah, I think um, I've had fest- films and festivals before where I've gotten to go and watch them. And obviously as a director, the communal experience of seeing your film play and how the room feels. Uh, the film played at uh, like Flickrfest, for example, and being there in Bondi with everyone, and the feeling of it is amazing. But I don't know, there's something quite unique yet very liberating about having your film screen online because it doesn't just lock your audience into people who can be there on the night. I've had so many people who got to watch the film because it was purely online. And then people would reach out to me that that wouldn't even have a chance to be in Melbourne. Like a lot of us can't be right now. And people in Melbourne are actually locked into their own home. So they had the ability to watch it in their house. And it kind of, I obviously as a filmmaker, lose the ability to understand or, or dictate how it will be viewed, but it kind of opens the world up to people watching your film from places you never thought uh, they would watch it from. And at the end of the day, as long as they see your film and, and get to experience your story, then what else can you ask for? I wanted to ask you what advice you have to emerging filmmakers to get their films seen by festivals. I think this is a question I asked as well, and I've always asked this question because you always wanted to get into festivals. I think first and foremost, I just just make the work as good as you can. I think it's like if you spend the time on your craft and I always say this, like winning an award, like uh, best short film at, at St Kilda, it's not just about the time it spent me to make the film. It's about the 10 years it's taken me to get to the point to make that film. 
So I think it's about putting the work in and not, not worrying so much that if you all of a sudden aren't getting into festivals, that it's because you're a bad filmmaker. It's because you, you, if you choose to be a filmmaker, you should want to put the work into then eventually one day get there. So when it comes down to the idea of how do you get into festivals, I think make the work as good as possible. And then if it doesn't get in, just keep making work. Like an example of at, at Flickrfest is that Lost Boy was my work that I made at, at my masters at After, which are quite a big production. But then Staring Contest, which equally got in at the same time, was a, a $600 film I made in my living room with my, my two best friends and my, um, my DOP. So like, it doesn't have to be a huge production. It doesn't have to be your, your make and break film. It can be a film that you made with your friends. It can be the thing you've been writing for 10 years. But as long as you put the work in, I, I think eventually you have to become, have the idea that you want to become undeniable. People will have to take your film because they see it and they can see the passion and, and the work and the effort you put in. And if the work is good because you put the work in, then they can't really say no. You are currently writing your first debut feature. Can you tell us anything yeah. about it? Yeah, definitely. I'm um, actually, actually before this interview, I just finished my kind of first draft that I'm happy to, to take and talk to people about. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's funny when you, when you mention it like that, because I feel like all my short films I've made to date are just an accumulation of what my first feature will be. Um, and it is a very contained film, which I have the intention that if I can't get it made elsewhere, I'll just make it myself with my friends. And I think knowing that it takes a lot of pressure off me because I, I know that one day the film will get made, not necessarily worrying about someone saying, yes, you can do it or no, you can't do it. Um, but that film is definitely a, a passion project that I think that when I look back over the accumulation of my artistic career, it's become the um, kind of like the accumulation of all my choices so far, which I'm pretty excited about. I love that. So what challenges did you come across in terms of you know, starting to write this feature yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think the thing that stopped me the most, and because I'm, I'm pretty dyslexic, I'm a very slow reader, um, and I'm a terrible speller. So I think when it comes to the idea of me like having to write something that's quite long, like in you know as far as like eighty to hundred pages long, that itself gets in my mind as, a, as an obstacle. So then I think, oh, I'm never going to make it that much. I've written short films. Short films are easier because they're shorter, which isn't true. It's actually probably harder because they're shorter. But I think the obstacle of just knowing that I had to write something big was, was stopping me. And then as soon as I realized that, no, like you just plan it, you work away, you do a couple of pages a day, you have a couple of scenes a week, and then eventually you have, you know, 66 scenes and over 77 pages and it all comes together. So I think the idea of not blocking yourself mentally and just stepping in and doing it. And once you do the work, I think you realize it's actually easier than you thought, even though it's quite a hard process. All right, amazing. I think that's a really great thing to end on. Peter Skinner, thank you so much for talking to the Festival Guide.